It's November 6th, 2009. I'm Mike Benedetti. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Today, we're happy to present school committee member Tracy Novick, Yay. Brendan Mellican, Good morning. back again, and Kevin Kassen, manliest of men. How's it going, guys? Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, today, um, we're not really going to talk about journalism today. Maybe we'll get back into that tomorrow. I feel like today is our decompression from the election day. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, I'd said we were not going to talk so much about the city council because it tends to be a negative subject to dwell on, and we've done nothing for the past month but talk about city council elections. <laughs> Today, we're going to get that off of our, our chests. We're also going to talk about uh, a lawsuit against the city of Worcester not relating me. to the taping of Fox Cops, not filed by Kevin Kassan. And uh, w I think we'll have one journalism note, but other than that, not too much stuff. Um, I wanted to read some pre-complaints. We get pre-complaints this week. This is from people complaining about things in this show, before they saw the show. Let's see how accurate they are. Gabe says, 20,000 votes. That's not really about this show, but there was about 20,000 votes in the election, which isn't a lot for a city of 100 and almost 180,000 people. Uh, Tracy says, it's too cold to be outside, but we're inside today. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Sam says, I'm bored. Good job, Sam. Jen says that the best sign didn't win the election. That would be Cola Akindale's sign. He did not win the election. Uh, and Drew says not enough vegetarian news. Whose problem is that, Drew? Where are you? <laughs> you could be on the show. You just live up the road here. Um, so I want to ask you guys about the election, though. Um, any thoughts? Any ideas? You know, more than anything, I'm just kind of shocked still by the margins uh, between victory and defeat there, especially in the, the mayoral race, which I think is kind of obvious. I, I was, well, I guess it wouldn't be a very good pollster, but I would have been convinced that we would have been counting votes till midnight like we were two years ago between uh, O'Brien and, and Mayor Lukes, and obviously couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, that that, that width between uh, the winner and the loser is, is astounding. I think the same goes for a District 4, too. I, I, I think most people believe that that was going to be a really, really close race. Um, and nothing could be further from the truth. I didn't think it was going to be a close race. I was sure that it would be. I mean, I thought that this was going to be the time that, uh, you know, a lot has changed in District 4. There's still plenty of work to be done, but a lot, of, a lot has changed. And I thought this was going to be the, the moment when uh, folks in the neighborhood said that, you know, maybe maybe it is time for some new blood. But I think more than anything, what we proved is it's really, really difficult to get new blood on the council, whether that's by design or, um, you know, just a, a fluke uh, or a result of not too many people coming out to vote. It seems that the, the most interesting thing isn't necessarily who won, because we know who all these people right. are who won it, it's by it's it's by the the margins that which they won we have we have one new person on the city council coming up who is joe brian yeah um but oh. isn't really new to city politics is, is what i mean he's a known quantity right kevin did you have any yeah, well I, I think the other thing for me is just what what motivated people to vote like i think we all tried to gauge and guess what the issue was that was going to motivate people to get out there and get their new candidate in or their candidate in. And I think the folks that got in don't, that, that picture doesn't paint some, some uh, question that was out there, some challenge that people had around council. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, we elected the same people. Tracy, did you have a comment on the city council? Well, I, yeah, I mean, the only race that was even close was District 1, and that one, I mean, I was down at City Hall when they were bringing the ballots in, and that one was definitely one that was close enough that you didn't really know for sure until the, the final ones were coming in. And that one was close the last time. I mean, it was the same candidates yes. as in the last time. It so was. We kind of knew that one might be right. close from past history. But I, I would say that I was a little surprised about four. And also, as Brendan was saying, the margin of victory. On, I mean, the, the mayoral race was no contest as soon as the first precinct started coming in. It was that margin pretty much all the way through consistently yeah. across the city. Joe won every precinct in the city, which is... Uh, 
It's a big deal. I don't, I can't, I don't know if that maybe that happens every every two years, and I don't pay attention, but uh, or close enough attention. But that, that seems like a very big deal to win every he, corner of the city handily. Yeah, and he did very well. I mean, you know, he did. He Joe O'Brien did better than any city council candidate in terms of percentage of voting, for people voting, which is what I'm talking about here. O'Brien did better than any candidate of the past two elections. Hmm. So, I mean, very, very, you know, not except for district races, but as far as an at-large person. I actually wanted to ask you guys about this. Um, you know, I charted out uh, how people did in terms of percentage from, I don't know if you guys got to see this chart. I did. Okay. Nice and, chart. And the, uh, the, thing, the thing that struck me was, like, there's some obvious things, like Emmanuel Cicillanos did incredibly poorly. Mm -hmm. Like, he did sub Bill Coleman. And Bill Coleman, who I love dearly, like, is, you know, perennial candidate. Mm -hmm. You know, I think has sort of turned some people off, and so he did like by far the worst of the last election. I mean, Tisselon did way, way worse than Bill Coleman in this in this election, uh, and you know, Joe O'Brien did incredibly well, better than anybody else. Uh, the, the the thing that sort of struck me upon thinking about it or looking at the chart though was that it's kind of like it goes from like here's like the people who are doing great, and then it just kind of curves down and almost flatlines before it like drops down into Tisselon's and and write-ins and whatever down here is that there is this thin band from the past two elections for city council where all the challengers and the incumbents who've lost all sort of sit and they're all between like 28-30% that it almost seems like unless you're unless you're in a position where you know you're sort of turning off actively turning off some voters as someone who's outspoken like Bill Coleman or I guess unknown as Cicillanos could do you're going to sort of get 28-30% of the vote if you run a credible campaign maybe into the higher but it seems, but you only have to get 33% in the last two elections to mm -hmm. sit on the city council. Like Mike Germain, who has just like squeaked, squeaked in both elections, has gotten basically 33% of the vote in the last two elections. I, I'm just wondering if anybody has any theorizing as to why there is this band where it's like you're running and you're doing a good campaign and you're going to get this amount, but it's really going to take something like being an incumbent or something else to get out of that band. I I think a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that if you're an incumbent, it's no secret who your supporters are. I mean, with this, with so few voters in the city and, and such regular low turnout, it's really not hard to figure out who, who your voters are. So to spend a little bit of face time and what have you, uh, make sure you're targeting messages uh, effectively isn't really that difficult. Whereas as a newcomer, uh, breaking new ground and getting those uh, those sound bites, you know, those moments on the council floor when, when people say, hey, I kind of like what this folk, what this person is doing, it's nearly impossible to get that sort of sort of face time. Um, and I think there's some overlap there where uh, without the um, yeah you know, without that sort of that, that face time it's it's tough to break that ground. So you're going to find people getting like the sympathy vote, right? I mean, the average voter going in, checking off all the incumbents that they they know they like and they can trust, and then maybe one or two new people for for good measure. Um, but that one or two votes spread out across all the voters, uh, especially for the at, la at large candidates, isn't necessarily enough to break through into the the herd. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if maybe it's a reflection of, uh, and I'm not good enough statistics to be able to say go into this. I'm just wondering if it's a reflection that maybe there's just like 28% of the voters in Worcester typically are anti-incumbent and that, you know, you're not an incumbent, you're going to get that, you're sort of going to get that amount. Or it's just that every voter is 28% uh, not Every not voter feels like, every voter feels well, like 28% of, 28% is a good mix of well, I mean, challenges to have. To, you know, my own ballot in my head, I mean, there's only, uh, it wasn't, you know, all new folks, even though we made a great case for all new folks. Yes. Um, you know, but I, I Bill I McCarthy owes us. Looking at my own experience, I can only assume that most people do the same thing. They do trust and, and like some of the incumbents, and but they don't 
not enough people like all the new people or even one of the new people enough to rocket them forward unless you're someone that has a, a proven track record like uh, Joe Bryant. Kevin Kassan, are you sitting there waiting to say something? No. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to change the subject to school committee unless there's any other city council stuff to talk well, about. Well, I was going to say, the only thing I would add to what Brendan was saying is there also were a lot of people who came out in this election to vote in the mayoral race. Mm -hmm. And I think they get in there and they do their mayoral thing and then think, okay, wait a minute, what about everybody else? I mean, some of us went in and kind of knew what our list was ahead of time, but I know that there were people who went in and kind of, you know, checked off who, or, or filled in whoever they were voting for for mayor did that for council and then had that moment where they said, okay, well, what about everybody else? And um, as a new person, there, you know that you hit particular pockets of the city, but getting enough of those pockets to add up to your 33%, mm -hmm. I think is actually the challenge. It's, it's getting over that hump of the 30% that would actually get you on the council. Yeah, yeah. Do we uh, it's something I didn't look at? Did, did, do we know if there was a major difference between the total number of votes cast for, say, the mayor's race or the the council at large race, as opposed to the school committee? Um, were there? Well, let's okay. see. Brian was a top vote getter, and I think he brought in about twelve thousand this time. Mm -hmm. um, do you have those numbers, Mike? And I could look them. I didn't mean to look at the show. I was just. Kidding. And I don't remember <laughs> how many vote, how many votes were cast for for Joe. Um, Joe O'Brien. I could go online and get this information okay. if you want to host the show for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious no, to see uh, if yeah. there were, you know, a lot of people that still don't necessarily view school committee as being something that, you know, you do hear a lot of people mm -hmm. say, I don't vote for school committee. I don't have kids in the schools. Well, you know, I they, know they that the whole point. I right? had people who were standing out for me who literally had people come over to them and say, who should I vote for for school committee? Right. Now, I'm used to people actually coming to me and saying, you know, who else should I vote for? But um, to have people, like, literally going over to people who are holding signs, here you go, and, and say, who, okay, so I should vote for her, and who else should I vote for? You know, as they're walking in to cast the palette, it shows that they really, obviously, were not coming yeah. for that reason at it all. It seems as though, that they, at least looking at some of the numbers, it seems as though there could be room to, to make an argument that there, were bullet vote, there was bullet voting going on for O'Brien in oh, many cases. Yes. Um, and if, I'm just curious if a lot of that just meant that there was a lack of votes, say, for the school committee or mm -hmm. the at-large race and what have you. But yeah. And even district, because, I mean, the, yeah. the numbers on district in some of those were, I know in our district, the number of people who were like, well, there's only one person running, forget it. Well, now that well, now that Sam has been driven away by this first boring <laughs> ten minutes, now we're going to talk about now we're going to talk about the exciting thing, which I think is the school committee. Which I basically knew nothing about the school committee. I I got to see one school committee debate this year, which like now I have ten times as much knowledge about the school committee as I used to have. Today yeah. we're happy oh. to have Tracy on. Tracy, uh, I think the only Tracy's the only person who forced an incumbent out of office in this election. So pro challenger Look people. At that. She is carrying your flag. <laughs> she can make that um, I wanted to just ask you real quick about the about the, about the procedure for. Uh, or I guess I should first ask you like just any thoughts about the race before I ask you about the procedure of ascending to the school committee. Well, ascending. <laughs> um, I mean, we should also point out that that Diana ran an amazing race and came in way up in the the, yeah. t the totals there. She did well. So so di she did better than you, she but did. she didn't force an incumbent out of office. I guess she you got she there you was think a she, seat. You're arguing that she took Bulgarian seat. You or took his. You took. You took his seat. <laughs> she took the open seat. Okay. And you took right because she would have been on there either way. Okay. You were the one who like beat out the incumbent. Well, actually, I should say I went to school committee last night and Bob Bulgarian jokingly told me that he wanted to recount. All right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So what? So what? What is any other thoughts about the race? Um, no, I mean the thing that's weird about school committee, and this this is probably really an an incumbent kind of question, is that if you look at the totals that both Jack Foley and Brian O'Connell got, they're just so sky high. 
um, compared to even some of the, the at-large counselors. I mean, the numbers, if you compare school committee to at-large, is actually kind of amusing. Now, that granted, those people aren't running against each other, but um, the number, I mean, the name recognition that O'Connell and Foley both have is just huge, and it's c pretty consistent across the city is the other thing that's interesting. I should also point out that whenever I did my, my uh, rundown of uh, uh, campaign signs, O'Connell was one of the ones where I had I don't know that I saw any O'Connell signs. I don't know that he actually has any signs. Yeah. No, and he has, I think it maybe has one <coughs> that he keeps in his garage, and he usually does like one stand. I don't actually even know if he teaches one standout today. Wasn't it just last week they, when they did the uh, money spent breakdown, he had zero dollars spent this yeah, year? Yeah, Brian didn't spend any money this year. Yeah. And I don't think that Mary, the other person who didn't have a sign was Mary Mullaney. She was actually at Temple Emanuel with Colin for part of the day, and Colin was like, well, did you bring a sign? And she's like, I don't have any. He's like, I don't need a sign. <laughs> some of us, some of us, some of us win elections. Some of us print signs. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I thought that was awesome. Though. He goes, Brian O'Connell's just like, I also have a button that's like from 19, you know, 85 or something like that, where <laughs> like that you occasionally see him wearing. Yes. So, so let me. So, so people who are elected in this election, you you get onto the uh, relevant. You you you. Whatever you can. No, you don't ascend. What do you call it? You're, you're, you get inaugurated. Uh, you're, you're inaugurated in January. Yes. And and much like the president, you're uh, very very soon you'll be briefed by the CIA and you get a tour of the White House and you guys sort of. I mean, you guys. Go figure. You guys you guys get access to like. Some stuff, executive starting, yeah, stuff. no, I was at school committee last night, and the mayor had told the clerk of the school committee that starting next week, I actually get their information. So, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And then starting next month, um, the new school committee members will start being able to go to executive session. And so, and and one thing that one thing that some more bitter members of the Worcester blogosphere have have complained about <laughs> is that well, Tracy has been very good at sort of blogging about school and sort of writing in at a depth and detail about school committee affairs that you're sort of not seeing and in accessibility that you're really not seeing in other kinds of venues in Worcester. That this is all going to stop because once she's on the school committee, it's going to it's going to be done. Yeah. Um, no. Um, the. I mean, obviously, I can't write about executive sessions. That's that's um, information that I'm uh, that I will be barred from sharing. But and, I, and I can't we should point out blog. you're currently not writing about executive well, sessions. Well, exactly. Now. I go to them anyway. Um, in terms of the live blogging, I'm not going to be able to live blog while I'm actually participating in the committee. Mm -hmm. But um, I type faster than I write anyway, so I figured I would take notes on my netbook, which will be something of a novelty. I don't. Nobody ever brings a, anything up to the chamber there right. in terms of that um, and and to put post it, post things later okay so, so no it won't go away so you will have, we'll, we'll have some notes from you they just won't be in real time they won't be in real time all right very yes. good do any of you the other guys have any thoughts about school committee stuff congratulations yeah. Tracy yeah. congratulations or congratulations congratulations <laughs> congratulations um, uh, so the I other thing we should point out is there actually will be three new school committee members because the mayor serves as chair right. pro tem. So in terms of turnover, the thing that actually saw the most turnover was school committee for this election. Oh yeah. So okay. there's seven members of school committee. Three of them will be new starting in January. So will there be will there be big changes? I don't know. It will be interesting to see how things go because I mean the mayor appoints the subcommittees, um, runs the meetings, and all of those kinds of things. Um, and I don't know how the the chemistry will change of the, the. It's a small enough committee where it actually operates a little bit differently than city council does. Okay. Um, so I don't. It will be interesting to see. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I want. So we want to switch over to uh, Fox Cops. I want to briefly mention, um, uh, in terms of online journalism, which we'll, I want to get more into next week. Um, I've been the the uh, the, the, the cat. 
the, 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 uh, the Moreau team has put out a thing this week. These are these uh, uh, sort of open video media guys who you know started off in Worcester and you know did the Moreau media player and have done other sorts of projects and worked on the Open Congress site and now they're like now they have this sort of community video site thing which I've been playing around with. So I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Just this idea of like. How, how can you sort of quickly make a web page for the video from your community, whether your community is a school, maybe a company, maybe like a city, um, and sort of bringing in like all the different people's YouTubes or let people submit videos individually or whatever. So I'm sort of playing around with this. I'm going put to a, put a link up there. Anybody who wants to sort of sign up for an account and play around with this thing. It's a little bit buggy, but maybe it has some potential. Anyway, something to, something to fool around with. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. Were you going to say something no. about that? Okay. Uh, Fox Cops. Fox Cops back Ke- in the news. Kevin Cassan, Fox Cops back in the news. To recap, summer, correct me if I'm wrong, summer of 2006, Fox Tele- July of 2006, Fox Television Show, Cops. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Tapes in Worcester. People in Worcester are saying there's a lot of police activity this week. It's freaking us out. The police chief is like, this is already going to happen. This has nothing to do with the TV show. People were like asking for this increased police refocusing or whatever it was going on. Um, but people are still freaked out by this. Kevin Kassan, Matt Feinstein, they're handing out flyers in Maine South saying, like, we need to get this show to stop taping in our town. This is a bad scene. It makes us look bad. You know, maybe it gives the police an incentive to get a little rowder than they need to get. Two members of the gang unit. Two members of the gang unit? More than that. Come over. More than that. Come over. Rough up Kevin and <laughs> Matt for handing out their flyers. Like, delete the pictures from their camera. Classic thing. Arrest Kevin. Um, he didn't make the show, though. He didn't what? He didn't make Fox. He wasn't on the show. Tape. Not taped. Uh, the videotape disappeared. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so Kevin gets, Kevin gets arrested for this. Um, then, like, a few days later, a bunch of community leaders, ministers and such, put out a big public statement saying, like, we also agree that this is stupid to have this show in Worcester. And then the police chief says, I have asked, I have kicked the show out of the city of Worcester. I've kicked them out of the, from taping with the Worcester police. And everybody says, well, great. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, then Kevin's, Kevin's thing is, is uh, continued without finding. It's basically dismissed. His, the arrest against him. Uh, one of the guys who arrested you, Mark Rojas, who has is that right? <laughs> who has been like in the news oh, more or less on a weekly basis for my entire life. <laughs> um, but uh, now this week we find we find out something that I guess has been drifting around the courts, which is what? Yeah, well, the story's been out there for a while of an incident that happened actually one of the second day that the Fox team was in Worcester, where uh, the police rolled up on a house and went through a, an open window and according to the, the the stories in the community and in the the lawsuit uh, the police officer went through the window uh, went around to the front door unlocked the door let the film crew in they proceeded through the house and they found a room <laughs> wait a second what <laughs> uh, that's what the lawsuit says <laughs> okay um Went to the uh, bedroom where the uh, <laughs> um, the, the lawful tenant of the apartment was sleeping naked because it was a hot summer night. Uh, awoke him by screaming freeze and drawing their guns as the f- film camera lights were turned on. And, uh, of course, he's a little freaked out by this. Um, so they, they threaten him. Uh, and after some questioning, realize... 
they have no reason to be there, I guess. I, I'm not sure why they actually terminated the uh, home invasion, uh, and they leave. Uh, so that's now uh, the, the basis for a $10 million lawsuit against the city of Worcester, uh, Fox Broadcasting, uh, as well as the police officers and cameramen involved in that incident. All of these people oddly named John Doe. Oddly named John Doe. So, uh, but I think that's a, a function of the uh, unwillingness of the police department to, you know, respond to this. So this this story has been out there since day one. We were talking about this up and down Pleasant Street, up and down Chandler Street. Teens in the neighborhood were laughing about this incident when it happened. Were you were you talking about this when you were handing out the flyers, or this happened after you were handing out the flyers? This happened before. This happened. Okay. This was the second day Fox was in in Worcester. Because 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 uh, 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 some people have speculated on the online. So we can I think we can quash the speculation that like they were saying. Well, we thought that they had been kicked out of town because the police chief had decided this was bad, and these ministers had said to him this is bad, and the community said this is bad. So the police chief said, fine, this is bad. We'll kick them out. The idea being like, well, actually, maybe there was this crazy incident, and this was what spurred this to happen. But it seems like they taped for a while, at least, after this crazy incident happened. That 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 that, that incident maybe was not the precipitating cause of them being kicked out of the city. Maybe. Not. Oh, I, I think actually it was part of the precipitating incident. I don't okay. I don't think it was the community saying we don't want this for the chief changing his mind. I think the chief knew that he had a series of crazy incidents that played out that looked pretty bad. And so that, to me, there was, there's a, there was a significant cover-up to keep this one out of the public sphere as much as possible. Uh, because if this one got out, this one would have shut down the filming much sooner. And it would have made the police department look as, as bad as they look now, years later. And it's it's worth, we've, we invited people from the Telegram to be on the show today. And not surprisingly, <laughs> they didn't want to be on this stupid program. Nice yes, no. <laughs> we did, we did ask them. Like. Yeah. What? We, you could have been you could people from the TNG, you could have been in an actual house today. <laughs> Not dark and dungeon. They're used to dark and dungeon newsrooms is my understanding. <laughs> the dungeon like TNG newsroom. Anyway, at the time people from the TNG and actually I talked to one uh, one uh, uh, former editor of another Worcester publication about this incident right over lunch. She was like, Oh, you know, like what a bunch of whiners. Like the police were out there doing their job and like these people were saying like this is Problems are being caused by this show, but like, no, there's no problem being caused. And it's just incredibly dismissive and uh, contemptuous of this. Like, very, uh, I, I would say also for like people who make their living by free speech, shockingly disinterested in the fact that like people who are, in one case, mm -hmm. handing out flyers, and another, another case, taking photos as like, mm -hmm. you know, citizens were were like were arrested by the gang unit. Like they're like, oh, what, you know, just shut up. Like, why do we care about you? And then it turns out that like, actually, like, there was at least one crazy piece of mm -hmm. cops-related abuse that like has actually gone to a lawsuit. So, so I like that word you use, contemptuous, because I think this is the second incident that's come out out to light in the last few months. So the the one earlier that some of me know was back this July when Rojas was in court fighting for his. Uh, License to carry. Yeah. And uh, what came out during Rojas's sworn testimony there was that after the incident with um, myself and Matt on Sycamore Street, um, Rojas reported that to the chief. And in Rojas's testimony, he talks about how the chief was elated, jumped up out of his seat, I believe he said, or something like that, and then gave Rojas the day off for what he did. Rojas said that the chief was elated. Right. In sworn testimony. Maybe because the and chief so, wanted to so fire Rojas. So if, the chief, is, if the chief is giving police officers the day off for harassing protesters, and he already knows about the incident that happened um, with this lawsuit, then there's a real problem within the police department, separate from 
um, what we've all been looking at, but there's a real cover-up happening here in terms of this wasn't about let's, let's let them film, whatever. It, it was an effort to just perpetuate things the way they were. Mm -hmm. Commentary from the other panelists. I, I mean, there's really nothing. Can you repeat the, the, the size of the lawsuit again? What was Ten million dollars. Ten million dollars. And re refresh my memory, Worcester is a self-insured city, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So well, I guess that's commentary enough, right? I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not the tapes of any of these incidents come up. I know at, at the time uh, when you were arrested, the folks from the producers from Fox said that everything magically disappeared. How, how many how many episodes of 508 have you have you lost over the last couple of years, Mike? How many episodes have we lost? There's one there's one episode that's unlistenable okay. <laughs> due but to technical problems. Well, I was did, on that one. We lost we lost we did lose the school committee today. <laughs> Covering up all the crazy stuff that was said at the Buddhist temple. I just, yeah, I mean, what, what, do you, what can you say really? I, mean, I, I guess it would be, it'll be interesting to see whether or not any of the, the, the film is actually recovered to get a, a, a real idea of, of what, what actually happened so we're not stuck with another he said, she said sort of uh, case dragged through the courts. Mm -hmm. um, having to be able to actually see and hear what, what took place for an incident like that. I mean, the idea of, of climbing through somebody's window to politely unlock the door for a film crew so then you can stage a raid, I mean, that's At least he understands, like, the importance of lighting, though. Well, lighting, you need to have everything set up and before the arrest. it was nice not to kick someone's door, door down. down. Uh, that, that was polite, too, I guess, but it's, yeah. Tracy, you know if you have anything it to say? It just seems like a nightmare, and we don't really need to have a $10 million lawsuit. Yeah. No. That's yeah. the last thing the city needs. What could the school department do, do with $10 million, million this year? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I've got nothing. Okay. Um, oh, I was going to say something. I was going to say something, and I totally forget what it was. Um, I'll fill the dead air by reminding the folks uh, <laughs> of Worcester that uh, Gary Rosen just started filming his new TV show this week, of which I'm a panelist. Um, Rosen's Roundtable uh, will be on Channel 13. Uh, it is uh, Gary, uh, myself, uh, Beth Broco. And uh, the Q, uh, who everybody wow. who reads the Telegram and Gazette loves. Uh, this is Steve Quist. Steve Quist, who is someone that I, I have to say that you know Steve is someone that I always thought if I met him I'm just going to hate this guy. He's actually a really really nice guy, even if you disagree with him or not. So we had a really good time for the first taping, a little rough uh, around the edges and what have you. It should air tonight, which Friday if you get this online, okay. I think 9:30 on Channel 13. It's either 8:30 or 9:30. And people can watch this. People can also go to WCCATV.com and watch a live stream on the internet if they have hmm. the high speed, oh. but they don't have the cable. Right. Good. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's really cool. How's your? Is he still? Are you guys still doing radio on Fridays? Also, you and Gary? Um, no, I just did that once with him. Um, okay. So, so no, Gary. Yeah, I, I believe is. He, I think he is. He's. Uh, it's. It's sometimes it's hard to tell whether or not they're doing live shows or they're doing taping for future broadcasts. The way they handle um, live uh, or the local commentary down there, sometimes it gets shifted around for depending on where their syndicated feeds uh, needs are. Um, but yes, he is still doing radio down there. Gary, I mean, the one-man show. He's uh, he's really taken this what we believe what we thought was going to be a lack of a, an excess of time on his hands. You know, leaving the council. Uh, he he's running with this and uh, filling that time. Well, becoming yeah, a, I mean, a he media. He did election mobile. night commentary from City Hall. I mean, yeah. He was he was down there with the four of them on yeah CRN. We had a, a, a Nicole commented on the 508 blog or the 508 uh, not the, the Pie and Coffee blog this week saying. Looking at the election results, saying, is Kate Toomey the new Gary Rosen, like the counselor with the widespread support mm. who can't be elected mayor still, though? And I think she's not the new Gary Rosen. No. She doesn't have – Kate Toomey, way better than Gary Rosen at Facebook, way mm. better than Gary Rosen at Twitter, no way codes. better than Gary Rosen at, like, podcasting, but not, not a showman. Not a comb and uh, no easily identifiable T-shirts.
And all those standouts, all those single-handed standouts. And not, not the enthusiastic campaigner that mm -hmm. Gary Rosen is. Um, I wanted to actually talk about, I think we have a min two minutes and ten seconds left. Um, so I want to bring up one quick negative thing at the end of the show, mm. which was the last election we had sort of one last-minute crazy attack, which was people like somebody mailing out Mike Germain's mm. legal documents mm. to all these random people around the city at the last minute, possibly pushing Germain possibly getting enough sympathy for Jermaine to push him over the top into the council seat. This time we had this video by Bill McCarthy that I don't want to go into the details of because I wish Scott Zoback was around. I feel like Zoback would have jumped right on top of this one and like figured out what the heck was going on with this video, attacking another candidate in ways that seemed to be false. Two, Two videos attacking No, him. he was going after both Petty and Russian. Thanks. Now you said their names. Sorry. <laughs> now you perpetuate. Um, we want me to tell you that the, it actually wasn't true at all. And that I know. It wasn't true. Well, I know. It wasn't. Yeah. But, but the, and then the other thing was the NCD Times had run some sort of uh, revelation about Paul Mary on their website, like, you know, the day before the election. Well, I there was a phone call. There was a phone call for the mayoral race that went out the day before, too. A robocall. Yeah. There was a robocall that went, or two robocalls negative. that went out, yeah, negative, that went out in District 1 that were the talk oh, of the right. town or a bit as well. Like, I, I can't actually find anyone to who who listened to like a voter who actually listened to them because they're robocalls, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, hang up. Um, but uh, folks who who have spoken to one won't tell me what they actually what the details actually were, but just said that they were really kind of borderline slanderous and uh, were not what we typically see. We in, got 40 uh, seconds left. I'm done. That's it. Anyway, you, you have Polito talked about it the next morning on. Did it? Yeah, he talked about election day morning. I think it's frustrating. I wish people would do this. I mean, obviously people don't do this a week before the election. I wish they do it a week before the election because I'd love to debunk this stuff. Anyway. That's why they don't do it a week before the election because it can't be debunked. There you go. There's no time. This is our show. We have Tracy Novick, Brendan Mellican, Kevin Cassand. What's your cat's name? Tabby. Tabby. Mike Benedetti. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next week.